Welcome back to Interjections, fresh off a 1-0 defeat of Juve, four points clear at the top of the table with a game in hands, only good things going on here. Miko, what's happening? Hi, feeling feeling very, very good. Thank you very much. I'm I'm ready to go. Jay, how are you doing at what I assume is dawn in Australia? No, it's 9 a.m. now, so uh, pretty good. Obviously, very happy with the results. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Irfan, what's up? Not too much. Not too much. Give me that. Uh, give me that second star. Let's go. Sure, seems like we're trending that way. Man, weird game to be, to be sure. We we came out dominating in the first half, but just couldn't quite get a chance until we, you know, got the Gatti own goal. Miko, how are you feeling about the first half? Yeah, I, I like the first half, but as you said, we kind of couldn't get, get to their box in a way that we could we could have a good chances too much. There was this DiMarco, DiMarco chance, and was the Turam Turam chance. I think those were maybe the best ones, apart from the from the goal itself. But uh, we we dominated, as you said. It was like a you had no business in the first half with the ball. But, but then I I gotta say and like give give a bit of respect to them that their counters were were quite quite dangerous. They they managed to pull off few counters with with like a two or three three players, and we I don't know it felt that we just a bit, we didn't have to like mess up a lot we had to mess up just a little and they immediately hit, hit uh, us behind our backs and uh, I think it it was it was a domination by by Inter of course but but I noticed that. You were somehow managed to generate some kind of threat, threat still, without without controlling controlling the ball at all. Basically, it was weird because I I don't know if Juve had a choice but to come out the way they did in the first half, which was sitting back deep and inviting pressure, but they were not generating counterattacks, and that's why I felt pretty comfortable in the match as we were trying to exert ourselves and, you know, looking for that first goal because it didn't really didn't seem like they were creating much. Vlahovic had a stupid yellow card and a, a blown opportunity early. That was really it. I thought he was pretty poor throughout. Jay, the, the goal came out of, I guess, individual brilliance. But before we get into the goal, I want to talk about what should have been a goal, which was the... Bremer clearance of Taram, which all was initiated by a Hakan pass, I believe. Um, well, just generally thoughts on Hakan for this game. I think you can easily argue he was the man of the match. Yeah, that definitely a strong candidate for player of the match. And um, as you said, that ball to find DeMarco was like a highlight reel, uh, just inch perfect through pass. Um, I spoke about this last week in the preview about fine margins, you know. Um, that ball from DeMarco into Taram was 
you know, it was just about there, but he needs to hit that with a fraction more power or kind of push it out just a fraction in front of Taram so that Bremer can't reach it. You know what I mean? So these are the small margins. Um, and I guess in reality, we got a lot of small margins wrong, as did Juventus throughout the game. That Vlavic touch that everyone's kind of talking about uh, when Vlavic was free in the box following that um, McKenny run, that's a fine margin. He gets that uh, that touch correct. Maybe he gets a shot. Uh, or maybe he just takes a shot first time, who knows, you know. Um, but likewise, so many of our chances were right up until that last 5%, 10%. And I'm kind of relieved following uh, the game. I'm relieved because, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm obviously over the moon with the win, but all, at the same time, relieved that we weren't made to pay for missed chances Relieved that Juve didn't get one of their typical, you know, bullshit, undeserved 90th minute penalties or whatever. Uh, relieved that, how can I say, um, the game was not as stressful as it could have been, you know. We we kept them really subdued. And on one hand, part of me was thinking, I was like, man, these guys are eerily calm. Uh, and you got to be wary about that. And I thought to myself, you know, if you put it, if you look at that from the from the Juventus fans' perspective, you might be saying these guys are frustratingly uh, timid or inactive because they had one shot on goal the entire game, and that was some swiveling Vlaovic uh, kick from outside the outside the box, which you know he didn't connect with cleanly, so that kind of slowly rolled to Sommer. Other than that, they didn't have a single shot on target, and so I don't remember the last time we just kind of relegated them to 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 being pedestrians or to being passengers like this so that was for me the most impressive thing about the game the amount of control we exerted over them uh like i said obviously a bit of regret about not scoring more goals especially that taram chance that arnautovic chance the barella chance and the demarca chance were all let's be real they should be goals but at the end of the day three points uh, another clean sheet, and most importantly, an important mental victory over our hated rivals and uh, nearest competitors for the title. So, perfect result. Yeah, most of those chances we should have scored. I do want to give Chesney some credit, though, because if you're looking at this from a neutral perspective, he might be the man of the match. He had some great saves. I'd say the Barella save was just world-class. I thought Barella did almost everything he could have there. The Arnautovic miss, I thought Arnautovic could have done better, but neither here nor there. We got the win. Irfan, let's talk about the Gatti own goal. I'm curious your analysis of this. I've looked at this replay a few times now, and I'm not convinced Pavar or Taram actually ever touched the ball. I don't know. Do you you have any different thoughts on that and just overall thoughts on, you know, the build-up to it? Yeah, no, the buildup was great. I think um, just overall today, you saw how much it matters to have like world-class talents, right? I mean, we benefited today from spectacular play from key players. So Hakan, I think we already talked about, but another one um, was Pavard. And whether or not he got that kind of spinning, uh, you know, uh, kick, uh, whether he made contact with that, 
and push the ball along or not. I think he did enough to kind of disrupt the defense there. The ball in was good. He made himself available in the buildup to kind of set up play on that side. Um, so he did a lot on that front uh, to get that goal going. Um, the ball in was great. But yeah, I, I don't think looking at the replay, Pavar touched it or Taram really touched it. I think Taram kind of missed it. Um, but, you know, again, they did enough to disrupt Juve into kind of giving up that goal. So overall, um, it was a good it was a good buildup. It was a good result. Uh, I, I think one of the things that stood out to me, you know, we're obviously, you know, an Inter podcast. So we talk about Inter a lot. But a lot of the criticisms I think that we have of our team sometimes are exponentially worse uh, for Juventus. Like if I was uh, a Juve fan, I don't understand how I could look at the team that they have. They they have like zero creativity on, on this team. Like like the announcers were even talking about how Kostic wasn't that great this year. Um, and, you know, McKinney's been good. And like they have good solid players like McKinney and um uh Rabio and Vlahovic obviously is a good is a good um forward but you know for the amount of uh you know criticism we give our team for the lack of like creative options i mean there's nobody on that team that i look at um and i'm like oh wow like better look out for like a moment of brilliance from this person like back in the day you know even if they weren't playing that well you could expect you know, Dybala to come up with something out of nothing you could expect how many times quadrado would come up with something out of nothing. But this team, it's just, it's nothing. It's, it's rigid. It's, it's predictable. That's why we all talked about how important it was for us to score first, because if we scored first, they almost had no chance to come back and score. And I think they did a good job. They played well, they played hard, nothing taken away from them. But when you look at that team up and down, I mean, there, there, there's really not much of a threat there other than Vlahovic coming up with something. But other than that, it's like this, they're just, they're not good enough. I, I'm they, In my opinion, after watching them today and watching them a few times over the season, they've massively over uh, overachieved. I, I totally agree with you. It's like somehow the difference of quality between these two two teams is, it's a lot higher than, than these four points we have on the standings at the moment. And uh, it, it's massive overachievement, like you said that they are this close to us in the standings and like racing, racing for the Scudetto when, when they, they can't do anything to us. They, after we scored, scored the goal, they, I think they were like worse in the second half in terms of like getting anything happening in our box, anything like real. The, the, that one counter was more dangerous in the in the first half than anything they created. Uh, well, okay, maybe the Gatti, Gatti shot out, uh, outside the box was was dangerous. That was a bit of a mistake by Inter, but other than that, I I think we contained contained them very well. They they didn't make any really any chances of notes. I, I was scared when Chiesa came on just because it's Chiesa and he's a good player. I think we're lucky we caught them you know, at a dip in his fitness, but it never seems like he's fit these days. He's always nursing some sort of injury. So that's their problem, not ours. I I don't know. It's, I'm not too worried about the way the second half went because I thought we were playing well for spurts of it. We came out a little soft, but towards the middle part of the half, 
we were, the link up play was good. It was just the final ball was missing something, which is kind of a recurring theme. In uh, two fun stats from the game. So once again, we did not concede a goal in the last 15 minutes of the game, which has been the case all season. And we are, I believe, the first team ever to score in the first 22 games to start a season. We've scored in every game this year. We've scored in something like 30 league matches in a row. So we're, we're becoming, we're, it's been a potent attack and maybe concerns about Juve keeping a clean sheet against us were, you know, maybe we didn't need to be too worried about that because it just seems like we always managed to find one goal in a match. Open to any thoughts you guys have in the second half or just, once again, man of the match discussions. I think just talking about Pavar a bit, he was obviously involved in the goal indirectly, if nothing else. He had a great intervention on a Chiesa pass that stopped what looked like it was going to be a dangerous Juve move. Um, so yeah, second match in a row, I think you can point to Pavar and say, here's a guy who had a tangible impact on the game. Yeah, his class is... Uh notable uh as people have been saying for a long time there's a pedigree with Pavard um this is obviously a world cup winner champions league winner multiple time german champion uh and that pedigree of just constant winning and high performance is just so visible in the way he carries himself and the way he plays so couldn't be happier with him uh and the game he put in today. Um, at the same time, I did find it funny that I was just going through my Instagram after the game and so many photos are, or so many posts are that, you know, image of his kind of bicycle kick uh, when when in reality, I think he nailed it or hit the nail on the head. I don't think either he or Taram even touched the ball. He just, yeah, just yeah. came in a bit, bounced off Gatti into the net. So, uh, <laughs> they, did, they didn't touch it. Yeah, there, there, was no touch, there was no touch whatsoever. Um I can't even yeah. remember who crossed it in. Was it Barella? Was it Damien? Yeah, but, it was Barella. It was Barella. Yeah, but if anything, it should be if anything, Barella should be getting the, you know, the um the kudos for that. But I just found it funny um that my Instagram uh feed is just full of Pavard uh bicycle kick in slow motion or scissor kick in slow motion. <laughs> but uh yeah, in the end, it was a entirely uh. What can I say? You know, he did not influence the trajectory of the, trajectory of the ball at all. But um, I guess, look, Hakan for me is probably up there with Pavard as man of the match. Um, I'm going to give Taram a shout out as well uh, and Mkhitaryan. Um, I, I keep falling, coming back to this. I don't want to call it a concern because it's not, but I keep coming back to this kind of strange thought that it's hard to give a man of the match because in some ways... No one stood out that much because Juventus just didn't pose that much of a threat to us. You know, the team was just even, evenly solid across the board. Uh, even DeMarco, who was guilty of kind of spurning a couple of big chances or, you know, failing the final ball a number of times, he was still tearing them up down the left, you know. So even he had a good game, I thought, and... Everyone was just solid. It's it's been a long time since I've seen a performance like this against Juventus, where everyone just played like a consummate professional. They rose to the occasion, and they were kind of man for man across the board better than their Juventus counterparts. So, I think it's actually quite difficult to pick a man of the match. But I guess if everyone's a seven, and then you got Pavard and Chalanolu who are like seven point five or eight, then it has to be one of them. Yeah, 
I think you said it very well that everyone like played evenly in a sense that well the whole team seems to know exactly what to do that they know what to do when we attack but of course like we've said many times that the final ball seems to be missing for some reason but but other than that all the, all the moves in the attacks we when we when we like uh, have a takeaway in the uh in the midfield like like you uh, lost the ball many times in the midfield and we we countered them we we had very very good attacks but somehow we we managed to managed to miss the miss the final ball but other than that it's it's very fluid and we we know when to go forward when when to cycle back and we we like uh we just ha- have it in us at the moment very well and uh nothing changed uh from the usual that okay it's against you because they they just sit there and let us play and we we like uh kind of pushed our game to them and they couldn't do much apart from like having having the box their box full of their players trying to trying to intercept the crosses and and the attacks and uh, uh we ha- we have like <laughs> we have everything under control in our game and it's it's not missing almost anything i would say tactically because we we just ha- have it and it's not gonna I, I don't see our game breaking during this season anymore because it's it's so like polished and looking looking very good if if only if only we could we could finish a bit better than we than we saw so today since i, I was a bit bit frustrated uh during the match when we had so many so many attacks and we we just couldn't finish finish those attacks yeah i, I was going to say you know it's one of the things we've talked about throughout the year where you know we're we're playing these teams that are not the same teams that they used to be these fixtures are not the same fixtures that they used to be. This Juventus team, regardless of the fact that they're in second, it's not the same Juventus team and the same type of team that we've always struggled with. And yet, even today, when I think we probably could have won this game 3-4-0, you know, it still seemed like a grind at times. We might have seemed comfortable. They might have not offered much of anything. But it was still hard to score. We had so many good uh, chances, and there was a, really, a couple of really good saves, and then like we discussed a couple of mistakes on our side or lack of kind of precision on our side. But still, all things considered, you look at this and you're like, it's a it's a derby, it's at home, it's against Juventus, they're in second place. Uh, a 1-0 win, solid win. But to be perfectly honest, I wouldn't be surprised if some fans are looking at this game and thinking, man, we, we kind of left some on the table here. Like, it, it could have been a more convincing you know, five nil, five one, four nil type of type of win. And again, Juventus is not that type of team in terms of like they don't concede like that. They have the second best defense in the league. But I still think you know you you could be very um, you could be very uh, honest and say that we should have won by at least two or three goals. So you know, again, I'm sure Jay probably feels this way, but I kind of feel like we almost left a little bit on the table, uh, and we could have done even better. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and for the history books, you know what I mean? Uh, it'd be great if the history books read, we destroyed Juventus 3-0, 4-0, uh, as we 
probably deserved to, but unless uh, we don't get that accolade, I'm afraid. But if we're, you know, humble about it, the more important thing is the win than, than the scoreline. So I will uh, gladly take it. Um, but it did kind of bring to sh- uh, bring to memory uh, the win against Juve in the second Conte season, which was when we um, won the title, obviously. That game was similar in that we were all over them. That was the game where we scored from Vidal and then that like 80-meter ball from Bastoni to Barella that just split open the defense and Barella scored one-on-one. Um, that game, we could have won 5-0, man. That game, it was Lataro and Lukaku who were guilty of missing chances. Um, speaking of Lataro, not the best game, um, to say the least. We remarked at the end of, or well, after the Fiorentina game, that he looked kind of sick. He was like coughing and he looked really tired and he definitely didn't look sharp today. Any concerns? Uh, uh, no. I'll take I, that I as a yes. <laughs> no concerns. <laughs> no concerns. I, I think. Uh, I think he was very well marked today. Although he had a little more space in the second half when they couldn't like be right next to him all the time. But he he managed to mess up few few things with the ball. But yeah, I think we couldn't play the ball to, to him as much. As usual, but yeah, he wasn't he wasn't as sharp today as we as we usually see. He couldn't he couldn't get a shot on goal or a shot at all. I think. Or do you remember any any shots from from Toro? At least yeah, I don't. he he didn't get any shots off because he kind of kept uh, failing to get his feet right. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, just couldn't get his feet organized and get the shot off. Uh, so it wasn't a great night from him and there were a couple of not even like shooting moments but passing moments that he kind of got wrong as well uh if i know i said that everyone kind of played well and he did his part but i guess now that i think about it you kind of you'd have to give him like a five or 5.5 out of 10 you know what i'm saying it wasn't a great game at all unfortunately no, I'm not going to give five. It's going to be six. <laughs> no, I, I agree. I, I agree. He he was not his he was not his usual self, and you you could kind of tell. Um, but again, I think what Miko's probably going to say, and I'll say it, is I think I give <laughs> I give a little bit more credit to Juventus's defense than I do to Lataro not being kind of up to snuff today. They were they were all over him, and 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 it's you know one of the things I've seen is like the. The teams that we struggle the most against, now obviously they're good defensive teams. They defend as a team really well. But one of the things we always struggle with, just the way we play, is if there's any defense that's aggressive enough and has kind of center forwards that are good and strong enough to really be all over either Taram or Lataro when they get that initial ball in from the midfield and they're like, they have their back turned or when they first get that ball and they're looking to swing it out wide or swing it back to the midfield if they're like glued to those guys, that's where we kind of struggle the most. Like if I had to pick one way to really stop our ability to attack, it's if someone can like stop, you know, Taram and Lotaro from 
receiving the ball and picking out the right pass with all the team running forward. That's the way it seems like where we would struggle the most. And I think Juventus did a good job of that today. There's been a couple other teams this year who have done a good job of that. Uh, Real Sociedad, I think, did a really good job of that against us in that first match we played. Um, and so I think that's one of the areas where we struggle. And Lotaro okay. is he's talented. He has great um, skill and he, you know, he has a great shot, but he's not super, super strong. Like he's not, even Arnautovic, you know, I think is a stronger player on the ball than Lotaro is. And so I think if that part of their game is disrupted, um, they start to lose a little bit of the kind of influence and dictation that they usually have on the pitch. I'll say Bremer was man marking Lotaro today. And there were times Bremer was following Lotaro far up the pitch. Like Lotaro was at the halfway line and Bremer was there clipping at his heels, forcing him to release the ball earlier. And, and Bremer's a really good defender. He's, there aren't too many players who I think are standouts in this Juve team. Like Danilo and Gatti are not defenders I have a lot of respect for. McKenney is not a player I have a lot of respect for. But Bremer might be have the most individual quality of any non-attacker in their squad. So I, I chalked it up to a little bit to that. And yeah, I mean, if we're being honest, Lotaro probably needs a rest, but we're not in the position to give him one yet, I don't think, with Roma. In, in line unprovoked. What is this unprovoked CONCACAF attack right there on McKinney? I mean, this is just a little, <laughs> little self-hating. What, like, from the American contingent or American slash Canadian contingent? Come on. Yeah, I... <laughs> McKinney, I don't like McKinney. I think he's, not to revert to stereotypes, but he, he was lazy at times today. Like, did you see the one time where he, the, he was all alone on the wing and Bastoni ran a country mile to, like, chase down the ball and beat, McKenney to it and then bounce it off McKenney to win Inter a goal kick and Bastoni sort of celebrated as if he'd scored a goal I think our commentator was saying it's yeah I'm not a huge McKenney guy if we wanted to give the plaudits to an American I think you got to give it to Weah who at least put forward something in attack so bigger picture we're up four points in the league table we have a game in hands we have complete momentum we have complete control of this title race but they're not that far behind so how how do we keep this up what's the path forward to making sure we win the scudetto because it, the margin for error isn't much i mean it, it's nice to have the cushion but if we drop points one match they're back within a game of us if that makes sense like there's it's incredible we're having such a strong season but they're still right there so how do we keep this intensity moving forward and how do we you know, put an end to the Scudetto race and, you know, clinch it. Yeah, I'm refusing to think of the um refusing to think of the game in hand as plus seven points, uh for obvious reasons. Um look, the the snide part of me wants to say, how do we secure the Scudetto? Uh we, we sign a forward in January, but I won't do that because I'm not a petty man. Um and <laughs> The the time for that is past anyway. Um, but in all honesty, it might be key to, or actually, you know what? It's not even it's not even a controversial take. It's been it's been this way since the beginning of the season, uh, but it just hasn't been met. And that is, we need to be able to extract more from these backup forwards, Anatovic and Sanchez. That means more minutes. Uh, 
and obviously more output, more goals, more assists, and they're not doing that right now. They haven't done that all season. Um, then it starts with them being constantly injured and constantly just unavailable. So now that both of them seem fit, I would like to see them play a little bit more and hopefully develop a bit more, uh, you know, match fitness and just get into the swing of things a bit better because, like I said earlier, Latara was not looking good today uh, following, I guess, look, I'm not going to start throwing out wild assumptions like he's sick or he's got the flu or whatever, who knows. But we rely we rely on him so heavily and Tyrone that we almost have to be a little bit paranoid anytime there's even a hint of something not 100% right with him. So whether the key is to integrate Mkhitaryan into the forward roles or maybe even maybe even class it, I, kind of, I found it funny that he... Uh, came on today but um yeah that whatever. is yeah that, that, that is a weird weird move but uh maybe he I refused to maybe fratesi refused to come on maybe he refused to uh maybe since he wasn't fit yeah <laughs> maybe he refused to uh to disgrace fratesi with a one minute uh ericsson appearance but um now look yeah i don't know maybe it's fratesi sorry um Klaassen or or mkhitaryan is part of the forward pool but i don't think that's hugely likely to be honest so the only plausible option I see is to just start giving Mik- sorry, start giving Sanchez and Anadovic more game time, give them the odd start here and there, and I think I guess bring them uh, on earlier as well as subs. I think they will. I think they will. They will see more more time on the pitch because I just looked looked the schedule and, and two week, weeks from now it's Inter Salernitana, and from that ma- match on we're gonna play. In one month, we're gonna play eight matches, so I'm pretty sure that we we will see maybe in that match Salernitana at home. That that could be a good good match to, I don't know, maybe start both of them. Is it yeah, too ris- risky? <laughs> can't can't be too risky. They they are. I think I think we we should start them and in that match, and 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 like you said. Give them give them more minutes just to like Lautaro needs to like take some match match off like not not play in one match at all or if he could if he could do that 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 would be like great what do you think like have a rest day completely because it's gonna be a tough tough schedule now now yeah. for the next month and then well March March isn't any easier. Well, I can think of two matches where we could have given Sanchez and La- or uh, Lataro and Taram ninety minutes of rest. I don't know if you guys can think of any offhands, like a game in Napoli, or the uh, the copper the copper game. But um, whatever. Uh, as much as I kind of shudder at the thought of those two starting together, like we'll play them until they're bloody like fit. You know what I mean? We just we have no option. Um, so. Even though I'm sure that when I see Arnautovic and Sanchez in the starting lineup, I'll just roll my eyes. Like for the greater good, it has to be done. We have to bring these guys up to speed. We have to get these guys contributing, uh, and the only way to do that is to play them. So let's take you know, let's bite the bullet. It'll be painful, but let's uh, let's get these guys match fit. Yeah, I, th- I think 
Sanchez needs maybe even more minutes than Arnautovic because it feels like Arnautovic is usually subbed in for Thuram and he, he kind of is in our game already. But I'm not sure about Sanchez because he his playing style is so different. So it, it kind of it kind of changes the way we play when when we have Sanchez on the pitch. Yeah. Well, if it's the third forward or he's one of the two forwards, it's it's a bit different with him. So I kind of understand why he's not playing that much, but we, we can't we can't we can't like go full season with three forwards. So we we need we need to have Sanchez there at some point. Anyway, maybe we should have signed one then. <laughs> all right, all right, yeah. Me- Maybe maybe we should. Let's not rehash this. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to say though, I thought Clausen, I I liked Clausen in his like five minutes. Like I just he was trying really hard. He was running. He was upfield. Basically, every time Juve had the ball in their own half, he was there pressing and just like waving his arms, encouraging his teammates forward. And like I just appreciated the effort. And I don't know with, with Sensi in all seriousness, like staying here and like. We've got him for six months. Who cares if he gets injured now? Like, maybe we get creative, and if we're leading in a match, we can try and have some fun here and, like, see how that goes. I, I don't know. I, I do like what your head's at, though, Miko, with the Salernitana match. Like, that's... We have a big match against Roma next week, but a Salernitana match, like, we need to get our players a break in that match. Like, we need to put it away early, and we need to be able to get away with not starting someone key. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And Clausen's exactly. got a really good goal scoring record for the national team and for Ajax. He's not some just complete trasher. I don't know why he's, I don't know why we signed him to be completely honest, but like this is at least a guy who's known for um, being able to play technical football and, um, and exceed in, or excel rather in, in that Ajax system. So, it's not like some Galliardini type brute who can't, you know, who can't, can't play football if his life depended on it. That said, is his level still at what we need? Probably not. But again, just the mold of the player is not that bad. Um, <laughs> completely unrelated. But at the end of the game, I just remembered something at the end of the game. Um, when the full time whistle went, uh, the first thing I saw was Turam running onto the pitch and he was hugging Lataro and then someone joined in uh, for a group hug and made it a three-man hug and I cracked up when I saw that third person was was Shesty. Yeah. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> it looked like he was... It looked like he was celebrating. Like, what? What is obviously going on there? Just, yeah, obviously it was just kind of like post-match, you know, uh, yeah. shaky hands and whatnot, but it just, it just came across really funny. Um and yeah, I wanted to wanted to give a shout out to Shazny. I know we were looking too. at signing him on a free transfer. They were say there were reports of that last summer. I'm just saying, like his contract maybe that's up why. next year. Yeah, maybe that's why. he he'd be such an inter signing too. On Klassen, you're you're right. I feel like he probably has more to offer than he's shown so far. Um, and given our schedule, I think he'll have a few more chances. So. Yeah, and it takes pressure off of him too, because he doesn't have to be like the first name off the bench. You know, like we have Fratezi, we have Asani, two capable, very good midfielders, and then Klassen's there too. And so, you know, I think as a sixth choice midfielder, he can do pretty well for us. And 
you know, it's not even like we need these guys to to give our starters a break for like an entire match. Like that's obviously preferred, but even if we can give them like a half or, you know, like 30, 60 minute rest um, in some of these matches that are coming up against not so great opponents like Salernitana, like Roma, we should be able to do that. <laughs> so you sneaked Roma into that category. <laughs> I, I, I wanted that... to sneak Milan in, but you know it would have been uncalled for. So Jay would shoot that one down. All right, let, let's move forward to talking about the match against Roma because this is a good natural letdown spot when you have to go and play an opponent who, you know, there's some blood there, Lukaku, Dybala, it's a team with names, players we respect. And while they are absolutely horrible, when you're just coming off a huge emotional win over your rival, like this is a natural letdown spot. It'd be nice if we were playing, you know, Lecce this week, or I, I was going to say Sassuolo because they suck, but I forgot they own us. But you get the point. Like this is a, t- this is not the ideal opponent to be playing off such an emotional victory. So w- we get a week, no midweek fixtures or anything. We get a full week to rest up for Roma. Miko, you were previewing starting 11s, and it sounds like you'd go full throttle for Roma, even though they're struggling in the table. You wouldn't risk starting, say, Sanchez? Yeah, I would I would go with, like, first team. Com- complete first team. It's it's one week, and we don't, we don't have any midweek games here, so they can prepare easily here. And, uh, yeah, it, it's an away match. I think those Roma away matches have been usually not too easy, but I don't have a an far record from like close or re- recent years how it's been. But anyway, they just changed the coach. I don't know. Do they play a bit different system now? Probably a bit more fluid football, but. Uh, we should Maybe there's an actual be... plan on the pitch now with Mourinho gone. Yeah, yeah, it could be, but I think I think we are like like clear, clear favorites for that match anyway. But I, I would go with the first team uh, unless there's some unless there's some darkness or anything like that. Yeah, Jay is the Mourinho. I don't want to say hater, but the Mourinho is finished you know, primary advocate of this podcast. Have you seen Rome at all since they hired De Rossi? Obviously they've hired, they've won two games in a row with him against lesser opponents. I don't know if I want to give them too much credit for beating Verona and I think Salernitana, but they are getting results, which they weren't previously. This is still a very much a mid-table team. Just any thoughts on the new look Roma? Don't forget they beat Al-Shabaab as well. Um, No, I mean... This is not a good Roma side. The names are okay, and their wage bill is surprisingly high, but as we've been saying for ages... They're highest in the league. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, they they just can't seem to get it together. Um, maybe, I mean, like I've been saying forever, Roma are the Tottenham of Italy, um, and maybe a Tottenham team needs a Tottenham-type Ange Poster Collu type unfancied coach rather than a big name like Conte or Mourinho, right? Uh, so in that sense, maybe De Rossi is the right guy for them, but 
I don't know what his coaching acumen is. As far as I know, it's nothing to write home about. I think he got spell relegated or something like that um, from Serie B, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and obviously, other than being like, I guess, the number two behind Totti in terms of Roman legends of the modern era, uh, what does he bring to the table? I don't honestly know. And we shouldn't... It's an away game, so that's immediately makes it harder. I go with Miko that we should play the full team, but I wouldn't mind um, sneaking in one or two backups, you know, like maybe start Sanchez next to Turam, maybe uh, maybe play Fratesi instead of someone, or maybe Augusto instead of DeMarco. Or I don't know. I don't even know who the backup and who the starter is between Damian and Dumfries, but maybe one of them can switch out for the other. Uh, but yeah, long-winded way of saying we should win. Uh, obviously, we need to treat it with a tiny bit of caution, just given that they're not complete trash. They're like sixth now, and there's only two points difference between fourth place and, and like ninth place as far as I know. So they're not complete garbage, but we should be able to dispatch them pretty handily. I just checked that they haven't, they haven't kept a clean sheet since like 12th of November in Italy. Italy, They had one, one against FC Sheriff in Europe League on December, but they've been like, they concede goal in every fucking match. <laughs> it's oh. it's unbelievable. Yeah, and that's all the while Mourinho's playing like 7-2-1 or whatever yeah. formation. Yeah, so it's, yeah it's three at the yeah. back, two winbacks who are dropping deep the entire time. But... Yeah. But, but, but I will say they have a prime opportunity to pick up a clean sheet tomorrow against Kyrie. I mean, at home, I, I think that's yeah. like if they can keep a clean sheet tomorrow, then we're going to score four goals. <laughs> yeah, well, well, with De Rossi, they they had a matches against Verona at home and Salernitana away, and they still managed to win them like two one both matches. So it's not like it's a bit shaky still. So. Yeah, it's it's definitely we should we should uh win this match with with confidence and we just play our game and the, there will be holes in the def- defense for sure for certain. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I, I don't see rotation though, to be honest. I I think we should go with our starters cuz we have a week rest and then after this match we have another week rest before we play. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Salernitana. Um, so I think, yeah, we should, we should play the starters, just keep our foot on the pedal. Uh, I expect Milan and Juventus to drop points here and there again. And like Jay said, like we all discussed, like we shouldn't count the match in hand for much of anything. And even with that, like we're in good shape. So if we had a match midweek, either before or after, I would say maybe do some slight rotation, but the fact that we have, you know, another six days rest after that, I think we go with the full starters. And then you know, if you get up two nil or something like that, then you can you can put the subs in. But I, I don't think Roma is the team that we should be taking any gambles against. And knowing Inzaghi, I don't feel like he's going to do that. I think he's pretty hell bent on keeping as many of the starters in for Syria matches as he can. So I expect us to go out there and grab a good result. Aren't you glad we got this Juve fixture when we did in terms of scheduling? Like, we, we were fully oh, rested. Huge. We can take a full huge. week off after. Like, the schedule was really good to us in that respect. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Because now we're like coming up on the Atletico Champions League, um, you know, fixtures coming up, and I think we have a stretch where we where we have um, uh, the Atletico match, and then we have like Napoli or Atlanta, Atlanta or something, and so they're going to start getting a little more compressed. And having played Juventus during that stretch, especially knowing that they have a one-week break between every match that they ever play, um, would have been tough, I think. So, yeah, this scheduling-wise, this worked out pretty well for us, I think. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. About Roma, I want to mention that uh, when they visited Meazza uh, last time, last <clears throat> autumn, uh, it was like Lukaku's return, but he was like completely ghost in that match. But Uh, it could be different this time. There, there wasn't Dybala last time, but now he's now he's there and uh, Pellegrini. I think he's he's playing again. He's been scoring goals there recently. Uh, one one against Salernitana, one against Verona, and was it same for Lukaku? No, it was Dybala penalty. But anyway. Uh, these more skilled guys are there now, and I think they gonna play a bit differently than what we saw in Meazza when they had like they had no business in that match. Uh, but now they have these these more skilled guys there, and maybe they can feed feed Lukaku better. So it's gonna be more think, interesting, especially at, it's think, it's uh, it's at Sadi Olimpico and not at Meazza. Yeah. So. That, that, that yeah, makes wonder, a difference as well. I wonder if you're going to have Smalling pocket uh, uh, Lotaro. <laughs> I, I, I think, think he's hurt. Uh, yeah, he, he's not been playing. It's oh, that had no chance. Yeah, their, their <laughs> defense is very weak. It's like some mishmash of Mancini, Lorente. <laughs> I, I, I could have swore they sold a Cars drop. Apparently not. He's their starting right back right now. Like, it's Didn't not a good defense. It, yeah. Wasn't Mourinho like accusing Smalling of faking an injury, essentially. Or like, <laughs> yeah, not, something not, like not that. Not playing through the injury or something like that. Bloody ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But I don't know what's the, what's the like truth in there. Is he, is he really... He wasn't... Truth is that both finished. Uh, let's see. Yes. And I'm glad Roma saved us from ourselves when they extended Smalling. Yeah, I know, right? There's so I many. Mean, there's still, there's still this summer. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. <laughs> Someone no. has to replace Bavard after we sell him. Yeah, I know. Right? We 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 missed out on Giallo because we refused to pay three million. Uh, so, but there's no Belotti anymore. Oh, yeah, they did lose Belotti so, to. I, I don't want to go on too much of a rant here, but like, would Belotti not have been the perfect signing for us, like on a cheap six month yes. punt loan? Like yes, as soon as yes, he went to yes. Fiorentina, I'm like, this is exactly what we needed to do. I I think he's completely finished, but at least he can stay stay fit. He works his butt off when he's on the pitch, like he's always running. I don't know. I was watching some of Fiorentina's epic collapse, and I think Blotti played the first 60 minutes, and I just that felt like a prime opportunity. They only paid 900k for his loan for the season. 750 actually. So 750, yeah. there you go. Yeah, three quarters of a million for for a six month loan and it's like, what, well, we couldn't do this, you know what I mean? And like obviously if anything Fiorentina are a close arrival to Roma right now in terms of uh, you know, like targets, they're both targeting kind of top four, top five, whatever. So um 
you know, Fiorentina direct competition. So they still, they, they learned him to direct competition. So it's not like they wouldn't have learned him to us. So yeah, it's just, yeah, it was more about, we just didn't want to do any moves. Exactly. That, exactly. That, 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 that's that's what like it looks like. Zero dollars. <laughs> yeah. But like, I don't, I don't see how, look, the market's over. Don't want to get bogged down in market, uh, in market talk, but I just, like I said, I, I can't fathom how anyone looked at our forward lineup and just said, no, that's fine. Like, and especially when there were people like Bellotti available for 750K, it just seems insane that we didn't, didn't pursue it in any, in any way. So whatever um, is what it is. Let's just, <laughs> Let's just do some predictions. Yeah, let's just do some predictions. All right, Irfan, what are you thinking? Um, man, I'm thinking zero two Inter win. I'll go with goals from Barella and Demarco. Shay, I don't know, man. Uh, I could go one nil for us, as you said. It is a natural kind of letdown spot, so we could maybe drop points here, nil-nil, one-all kind of thing. But I'm going to say one-nil one to us. And I'll say um, I'll say Taram goal. The Lautaro drought has just begun. <laughs> uh, a nice cold dose of cynicism to finish the podcast. Miko, what do you have? I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with uh, uh, 3-1 win, away win. We're going to end up Conceding a goal for a long time, but we score a Lukaku penalty is your most likely outcome there. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know. Is it Lukaku or Dybala? I don't know which one is the. I think Dybala is the first one. But anyway, we're gonna score three goals, and it's gonna be not easy, but but fairly contained win. And Lautaro is back scoring. He's gonna uh, score two goals. And then I'm going to give uh, one call to, to Ram. I'm going to make the most outrageous prediction yet, and that's we're going to get a Buchanan debut in this Roma match because we are going to annihilate them 3-1. I'll take goals from Taram, Lataro, and Klaassen with a Lukaku penalty. <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I want to see a Klaassen goal before he, before he leaves. Wait a second. He's not on loan, is he? He's a How permanent many... signing, I think. Yeah. Did, did we sign him for a one-year deal? Yeah. Yeah, it's one year. Yeah, yeah. So he may as, well be, may as well be on loan. But I would like to see a class and goal. I think he I think he deserves one. Not that he's done anything, but... Um... <laughs> he deserves but, one, but he's... Just... So if you want, if you want <laughs> to see Buchanan, then you're, you're anticipating like... An early yellow card for Darmian, and then a sub in by Dumfries, and then an immediate yellow card for Dumfries, because that's the only chance Buchanan <laughs> has of getting it. I'm predicting we're up three nil in the 86th minute. He puts Buchanan on, who immediately concedes a penalty to Lukaku and never plays again. <laughs> that sounds about right. One thing that was like hilarious that. in this in this Juventus match today was like when Vlahovic picked up the yellow card. I immediately went, "Oh man, now he's gonna have to get subbed out." And then I was like, wait, I guess that's not the case for most uh, most teams. Yeah, that, that's uh, that's an Inzaghi uh, trademark. It's not 
unique to him among among top tier coaches. I've never seen it before. I, I, was he going to sub himself out when he picked up a booking? <laughs> the only time I've seen him not do it is the goalkeeper. Oh yeah, someone got the yellow card against Fiorentina. I was thinking I, there was a split second where I was like, "No, surely not. Surely he can't put Aldero in." But they're uh, warming up. Yeah, pretty much. Did, did any of our guys pick a yellow? Mikitarian got the yellow. Tehran got one fun. going off the pitch because he was uh, having some fun with Rabio. Okay. Didn't Bastoni yeah, get booked as well? Yeah, I was gonna say I think Bastoni mm, got one too. No, Enemy. no, it doesn't. It doesn't show it, that list here. Oh. Uh, but yeah, Mikitarian got his yellow at fifty-first minute. But then yeah, he had him on for a good chunk after that happened. Well, he he played the full match. Mikitarian finished the match. Yeah. Yeah. Bar- Barella was taken out at. at that's right. A- that's right. I got my cloth and substitute mixed up. Yeah. Oh, that that explains it. The 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 guy on the side accidentally entered twenty three instead of twenty two on the that digital you know substitution <laughs> board thing. That's that, that explains why Inzaghi did not sub uh, uh, Mkhitaryan yeah. off. Error. And honestly, Clausen for Mkhitaryan makes more sense than Clausen for Barella. But it was like hard force meets a movable object. Of like, yeah. okay, you can't take Mkhitaryan <laughs> off, but you have to take off a player on a yellow card. What do you do? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But guys, guys, don't you feel? Don't you feel like Inzaghi probably gets so much joy from the fact that in his system he's got Pavard and Bastoni as his right center and left center backs. I mean, I can't think of yeah. players who are more perfectly designed for everything that he wants to do than those two guys. Yeah, I I, I forgot to like uh, say my own mentions about Pavard. I, I think he was he was maybe our best player. In this match, well, John Hanoklo, good candidate as well, as mentioned many times. But I feel like Power is exactly like Bastoni, but on the right side, that he's is very active on the offensive part. Uh, but but also, I would say he's even better than Bastoni because he's he's like a true defensive. defender at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And oh, he's he a much better, much better defender yeah, than Bastoni. He, he, he doesn't like leak. Like Bastoni, time to time he he leaks a bit. Like sometimes, like opponents just go through him. Like like I think yeah, today yeah. once happened to, that one counter with McKenny and Lahovic. But Power is is not like that. He he makes those interceptions and and he is very well, very he's secure. He's a center back by trade. He's always wanted to yeah, be a center back. Yeah. So but, but but uh, I, I want to mention that. The way he he attacks, I I like it a lot because he's very very proactive and and he wants to get the ball and like in that goal he he showed the Barrel that okay give give me the ball and he, he ran there and Barrel was like okay well I will give you the ball then and then it was it was the it was on the net a bit later I, I really like Power with his with his approach to the game when we are like when we are pressing the uh, pressing the opponent to their box and he is like really really wanting to be part of the offensive offensive uh, offensive uh, plays as well I, I love the guy he he made 
the result today possible because I feel like Juventus was prepared to they were man marking DeMarco pretty well and they were shutting down that Bastoni DeMarco side pretty well. But I feel like they couldn't they didn't have as much of an answer for our attack on the right, which is someplace we don't usually love to attack from. But because we had Darmian and a little more aggressive uh, play from Pavard, I feel like we caught Juve off guard a little bit. It also nullified Kostic really well. Kostic didn't really have the ability to get behind us a lot. He's he's a player who's burned us a few times. Um, so just, you know, extra credit to Pavard for kind of keeping all of that in tow on that side. Yeah, you're right. The goal came from the right side as well. So um, I think that's a good point. We, with Pavard's technicality, we do have the ability to attack down the right a lot more compared to when we play like Damian Dumfries just feels really stubborn, like kind of, you know, like butting your head against the wall with Pavard. You've got, even though he's a center back and these guys are fullbacks, wingbacks, he's just got, he lifts his head up. You can tell there's a pers- uh, sorry, a purposefulness with the way he yeah, uh, yeah. crosses. He'll go for these like kind of high kind of dipping and looping curling crosses rather than just like you know Dam- rather than like a Damien and kind of uh, Dumfries cut back at the last second you know what I mean uh, approaching the byline Pavard has that technique to be able to who cares if there's a man on him he'll loop it over him you know um, with a with an accurate cross whereas um, and he wants to make these passes in between the lines and in between uh, marking men and things like this whereas Damian and Dumfries are generally too risk averse to go for that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think that's an excellent point. Actually, we scored the goal from the right side, and Pavard's technicality and intelligence allows us to be a much more viable attacking, or provide a much more uh, viable attacking threat down that side, and we don't have to just only rely on Bastoni, Dibarco. And he he has the legs and and the lungs like uh, to to run up and down the beach. That he can be. On the opponent's box, and then then he just runs back. I, I feel like Bastoni is a type of player that if when he plays that type of uh, that kind of game, he has to be subbed out at some point anyway. Usually, yeah, we keep getting a Cherubi at left center back. Yeah, yeah. That, that, <laughs> at least that's my my like interpretation. Why Bastoni keeps getting subbed out all the time because he's just. He's just he's just so tired because he runs so much up and down. King of a Cherby, I was gonna ask, does he expire this season or next season? Uh next season. It's gonna be Oh god. Uh yeah, it's a Cherby and Devry has two year contracts, so it will be eighteen months left essentially, both of them. Yeah, yeah. So it's not okay. like maybe not optimal at this point but it is what it is <laughs> I think he, he struggled a bit against Vlahovic I thought he, he did okay like... um, I thought he did okay there was it, it wasn't this game that he you know that I thought he struggled in it was the the ones before but okay um, maybe, maybe, considering maybe, that DeFry played against Nzola I definitely was happy to see a Chevy back in the lineup but DeFry looked okay when he came on for the final couple of minutes as well so yeah, look, if they both continue to do what they need to, I guess, then it's not hugely concerning. But I was just thinking, you know, um, all this praise for Pavard and so, you know, so richly deserved. Poor Bissek, you know, um, when, when the hell are we going to play Bissek, you know? Uh, but again, it is what it is. 
well, there's going to be a lot of matches like we, mm. like we said before. Look, uh, I just hope Bissek is considered basically the locked-on number two behind Pavard and not Damien, for example. So yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, what Insagi um, talked in the in the pre-match conference, I think he mentioned Bissek that he's. Well, it was more about the uh, Pikanen talk, but then he compared him to uh, him to Pisek, like Pisek was was like this guy who came in and he had to like he had to learn the other team plays and so on, and now he's now he's already like part of the team in a sense that you can you can use him, and he's been used pretty yeah, yeah. pretty well when he started playing, so. I need a Pavard goal. That's what I need. Yeah, that would be cool. I want to change my prediction. Uh, three, three, two. Uh, Pavard, uh, Sanchez, and Klaassen, and then Lukaku and Dybala. Let's make it a nice, big, happy, happy game for everyone involved. I think if you put money on those three interplayers scoring, I think you'd be able to retire if that successfully hit. I, I, I could use that retirement money right about now. But <laughs> All right. Well, we'll wrap it there. Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll be back next week with a Roma recap and a look at Salernitana. But have a good one. And, you know, let, let's go celebrate this victory. Hey, Double Thanks, yeah. All right.